You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number three. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast. I help high achieving corporate women stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. Each week I'll provide tools and insights you can start using right away to transform your relationship with drinking and go from thinking alcohol makes things better to not missing it one bit. Hi everyone, how are you doing? Well, I'm really well. In fact, I've just been out for a long walk around the local heath here, feeling full of beans, so thought I would come and record a podcast for you all. Now, in the first episode, my first podcast, I spoke about why we drink. I spoke about the importance of recognising it's really just a habit. It's not something to be ashamed of. And it's a habit that you've become really, really efficient at doing. But what I want to do today is peel that back one layer where we will find desire. And in simple terms, you drink because you want to. Desire is an incredibly powerful emotion. We do amazing things in the name of desire, which is why the way to completely, and I mean completely, transform your relationship with alcohol is to tackle your desire for it. Simple as that. Let me give you an example of this. So I'm a non-smoker. I've never smoked. I have absolutely no desire for smoking. Now you could come along and you could heap cigarettes in front of me. You could sign me up to a lifetime supply of every cigarette under the sun. You could have someone on standby perhaps to hand me a cigarette whenever I wanted to light up and I wouldn't be interested, not at all. Take somebody who's a smoker and they might think, hmm, you sound a bit crazy. That seems like a really great deal to me. And the thing that separates me from the smoker is that I have no desire at all for cigarettes. And there's absolutely no judgment involved because to me, they're just cigarettes, right? I'm not thinking they're bad for me. I'm not thinking that I shouldn't light one up. I'm not wondering how many a day could I smoke for it to be not quite so bad. Or I'm not wondering whether I could smoke just one just to get that old buzz. I'm not thinking any of that, none of that because those thoughts don't even occur to me because I'm a non-smoker with zero desire for smoking. I don't have those thoughts because I'm not trying to be a non-smoker. I'm not resisting a desire to smoke by negotiating with myself. There's no need for me to do that because I'm a non-smoker. You see how that goes? See, there's a big difference there. I don't need to go through the emotion of resisting feeling desire because there's no desire there in the first place. Now, it just so happens I've never smoked in my life, but I have now achieved the same level of non-desire about alcohol as I just explained there with cigarettes. You could put an open bar in front of me with all my favourite drinks laid out, right? All the French, lovely French Chablis and the champagne and even perhaps a couple of bottles of Southern Comfort and I truly wouldn't be interested, right? I still find it amazing to say I feel the same about alcohol as I do cigarettes, right? I don't sit there thinking, "Mm, perhaps just one would be okay 
or I deserve it or it did make me feel so good, right? Those old thoughts I used to think when I was drinking. I don't think any of that. I don't have to negotiate with myself like that because I have no desire. Now, I don't really think about alcohol one way or the other. This is really important to make clear. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad. It's just liquid in a bottle. It's what we make of it that makes all the difference. I don't think drinking is bad. I don't think abstinence is good. I don't talk about sobriety. I don't see the need. If I want to drink again, I will. But here's the cool thing. Back to desire. For months now, I've had no desire to. It's easy to not drink when you don't desire it. Let me say that again. It's easy to not drink when you don't desire it. Just like it's easy to not smoke when you don't desire cigarettes. It's easy to not scoff a packet of donuts when you don't desire them. It's easy to not overwork when you don't desire it. It's easy to not play video games when you don't enjoy video games. It's easy to not drink when you don't desire it. If you are listening to this because you want to stop over drinking, you might be thinking at this point, well, it's easy for you to say that, Anna, which of course it is. But really, this is so accessible to you too. Know that at the moment, you just have increased levels of desire for alcohol. You have perhaps an over-desire for it. This is the reason why you say yes to a drink when you really want to say no, because part of you actually really does want that drink, even though you're telling yourself it's bad for you. But break this desire down and I guarantee you will have full freedom around alcohol, whether you want to cut back or whether you want to quit entirely. In fact, the choice is yours. How do we do that? Okay, well, let's first look at what desire is. Desire is the emotion of longing for something, an object, a person, an outcome. We feel desire through a release of something called dopamine in the brain. And what is dopamine? It's a neurotransmitter released by the brain during enjoyable activities. Now that sounds quite scientific, but I like to think of it like this. Dopamine plays a role in how we feel pleasure. Humans derive pleasure in all sorts of ways. In making connections with friends, in sex, in eating, in drinking, in looking at flowers, in feeling the sun on your face, in achieving goals and so on and so on. It's a big part of our unique human ability to think and plan. It helps us strive, focus and find things interesting. Anything that gives us so much as a subtle dopamine response is going to trigger desire in us. Let me give you an example. Humans get natural pleasure from eating food. Our brains are designed to desire food because it's necessary for our survival, right? We have to eat to live. So back in the days where food wasn't available at the click of a button or at the end of a phone, the desire for food acted as a kind of incentive for us to take the effort and go out and hunt to put food on the table. It stopped us lounging around all day and eventually dying of starvation, which wouldn't have been a good thing. But humans have taken this natural response of desire and found a way to concentrate the experience Knowing how wonderful desire makes us feel, we've boiled it down and found ways to deliver even more of it to ourselves. It's as though someone thought desire is good, over desire is better. 
Compare the pleasure you feel eating a fresh orange, and please insert your favourite fruit at this point if you don't like oranges, versus, in my case, a chocolate-covered biscuit. Both are pleasurable, but just the thought of a chocolate biscuit is more enticing to me right this moment than an orange. It's exactly the same phenomenon with alcohol. Alcohol is designed to be desired. It does this by releasing increased levels of dopamine to your brain. This means you feel an enhanced level of pleasure and your brain thinks, mmm, this is good, this is nice, this must be important, I want more of this. We are programmed for survival in the same way that the brain steers us away from dangerous situations in order to help us live. It equates anything that makes us feel good as being important for that survival and as such it encourages us to seek it out. Now the brain doesn't know that alcohol of course is not necessary for our survival but because it makes it feel so good and delivers these elevated levels of dopamine it treats it as something that we should seek out. It treats it as something that we need to survive. These elevated levels of desire lead to highly concentrated pleasure. There are many examples of this. Porn is a concentrated version of sex. Gambling is a concentrated version of making money. Highly processed foodstuffs such as flour and sugar are the concentrated version of food. Alcohol is distilled and blended and concentrated purely to provide an intensely pleasurable experience. All of these are designed to give us an increased dopamine neurotransmitter response. The better something makes us feel, i.e. the more dopamine we get, the more we desire the thing. So you might like eating bananas, but after eating one, perhaps two, you've probably had enough. Compare that with drinking wine, where you feel yourself drinking two, three, four glasses, even when you don't really want to, perhaps. This is your brain seeking the dopamine reward cycle by repeating the habit of drinking. Because the reward to the brain of alcohol is so much stronger than bananas. This explains why you can sip your way through three quarters of a bottle of wine when you had intended to only drink one glass. It's that concentrated boom hit of dopamine you get from the first drink that makes you desire the wine even more. So now you can understand why your brain is always going to choose to keep repeating the habit of drinking if you go on delivering the glorious reward of alcohol. The desire and pull to drink alcohol feels so intense, not because you're broken or because you have no willpower or because you never follow through what you've decided, not any of that stuff. The pull to drink alcohol feels so strong because of the reward you get when you drink. This explains why when you decide perhaps you want to cut back, maybe because you just want the best for yourself, you might find it hard to stop. When it can even feel as though you're drinking against your will or that you're out of control when it comes to alcohol. It's the unnatural levels of dopamine that create the urges in us to drink. The intense reward of dopamine that the brain desires and which it knows is within reach if you just pick up the glass and drink. Learning how to rewire that desire changes everything. And this is where I start with my clients. I show them how to do this in a way that reprograms their desire for life. 
How you found the flames of desire is different in us all. And that's why coaching, I find, is such a fast way to achieve the results. Because our brains are very clever. I'll talk about that more in future podcasts about the different areas of the brain and how these drive our behaviour. But for now, I'll say that understanding what you're thinking as you pick up the glass and drink is absolutely essential. By paying attention, you start to think and act more intentionally. And this is why intention is the first pillar of my intention, courage, commitment, coaching framework that I use with my clients to help them achieve their desired transformations fast. Intention is the key to understanding your behaviour. So I have a simple exercise for you as I round out this podcast today. The next time you find a glass of drink in your hand, pause and ask yourself what you're thinking at that very point in time. If you think this sounds a bit weird or you find it difficult, imagine stepping outside of your body and observe yourself objectively. Now maybe that sounds even weirder, but the point here is to catch your thoughts and write them down. Try to do this each time you drink. If you find you've already drunk before you remember to do this, it doesn't matter. Start at that point. What are you thinking at the point that you remember to write your thoughts down? Because awareness is a key step on the road to creating intention. Awareness will show you what's driving your desire to drink. And when we know that, we can start to peel back the covers and find out what you really desire and for which alcohol is simply acting as a kind of proxy. Which we'll leave for another week. In summary, it's all about the desire. Desire is the powerful emotion which drives the habit of drinking. Understanding and reworking your desire is the key to uncreating your habit of drinking. Because it's easy to not drink when you don't desire it. And that's where I get you with my coaching. I'll see you next week, but in the meantime, I'm offering a free web class on how to transform your relationship with alcohol. Now, the link is right there in the podcast show notes, and I've created it especially for you so you can get started right away. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please rate and review and share with someone you love. And if you have any questions, you can reach me at anna at 90dayslater.co. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, whether you are looking to just take a breather from alcohol, cut back over the long term or quit entirely, I'm inviting you for a discovery session to see if we can help you over here at 90 Days Later. This is a completely free of charge, no strings attached call. If you want complete freedom around alcohol, having a coach is the way to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? You can sign up right there in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's show, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review to let me know and to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast. You can click in the link in the show notes for step-by-step instructions on how to follow, rate and review.